This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 58, with special guest Joel Hammond. That's it. There's no other title. Uh, Joel runs the Indians Twitter account. It was a great interview. He's great. The episode was amazing. Please listen to it. Recorded on January 16th, 2017. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. As always with your host, me, Matt Lyons, and Jason Lucard. Jason, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, at this point, baseball starting to feel close enough. There's a lot of countdowns on Twitter, you know, how many days away we are and stuff like that. Uh, it's starting to feel real. It feels closer to next season than last season at this point. It, I never noticed when that happened, but it always, it comes at some point every year. Like, it's definitely passed already that it feels closer to, I think it's when people start mentioning pitches and catchers. Just those two words yeah. makes it seem like it's next year. We have like, we have dates for things now, so that makes it feel real. <laughs> and you know, the cool thing is to just randomly stream a Facebook live video with a countdown, which we should do just for, just for months at a time and let people watch and see when it goes down. <laughs> so today, uh, for everybody didn't know, we have quite a few exciting things. Obviously, I mean arbitration because that happened. That is the most exciting time of the baseball season, off season, isn't it, Jason? Something like that. It beats out the World Series. Everything, nothing's more exciting. No, the real thing that we have fun today is uh, we're joined by Joel Hammond. He's the assistant director of communications, and more importantly, what that basically means is he's the guy behind the fantastic Indians Twitter account. Joel, thanks for joining us. Uh, you got it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, I don't know if if you're aware, like sitting behind the Indians account, how many fans. Like just of that are also Indians fans, just are in fans of the Twitter account in general. <laughs> just of all the great stuff you do, um, just the back and forth with fans, all the great ways, all the gifts, everything like that, all the interaction. Um, so yeah, we wanted the one thing we wanted to start with was just what was your path to get to to that job? Like, did you start as just like an intern who just happened to do social media, or did you apply like as a social media person, or what was that like? No, I uh, I did not start my career in baseball. I was a journalist for for many many years. I worked at uh, Crane's Cleveland Business in Cleveland for about seven years before uh, joining the Indians. So I you know kind of cut my teeth and paid my dues outside of baseball. You know I I work with people who have been with the Indians for twenty five years. Started at uh, you know started as uh, unpaid interns, and um, you know I sort of uh, I sort of lucked my way into it on the back end. You know I started elsewhere and. And uh, you know, kind of established my career a little bit, and then uh, moved over to to the to the Indians in 2013. So there's something I've always kind of wanted to settle. Like whenever you guys obviously haven't done it, but if somebody ever makes any kind of mistake on Twitter, it's always an intern got fired. Do, do baseball teams like are interns even close to the professional Twitter accounts of like these big companies with so many followers? Well, for us, uh, you know, um, I I think every every team at least does it differently. I mean, for us. Uh, you know, you mentioned that I was kind of, you know, I, I get a lot of credit, which is probably undue. I mean, we have a, we have a, we have an awesome team. Um, so it's really me, uh, and I, I hire two interns each year, but we, we, you know, it's a funny joke and we, you know, uh, the people who are not interns joke about it, but my <laughs> interns are, we treat them as full-time employees. They, you know, they have a ton of responsibility. Uh, Missy Perez, my intern, uh, my social intern from last year is, uh, working with the Phillies now. So, um, she was running the account, um, from day to day. So, uh, you know, I, I, t I take issue with the whole, uh, Oh, probably just some intern line because we use interns and, you know, we get the best of the best and, uh, they, they really make an impact on our, uh, on our efforts. So, you know, last year was, you know, my wife and I had a child and as you know, Matt, and, 
um, you know, we moved and, you know, oh, the, yeah. Missy was really, Missy was really, um, you know, the brains behind the account. I get to sit here and take all the credit, but, uh, <laughs> you know, she, she kind of ran it. We have, we have a great, uh, uh, baseball info team and a great photographer and, uh, lots of resources at major league baseball advanced media. So, um, definitely not a one person show. So which one of you that does the snarky comes back, uh, snarky comebacks most of the time, is it you or Missy or someone else? <clears throat> well, um, yeah, I mean, whoever is kind of running the account that day, kind of, I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> as you know, um, you know, that's become part of, at least part of our voice is, is you know, not being afraid to um, defend ourselves when we think it's, uh, you know, when we think it's appropriate. So um, that's something that we've developed and something that we've tried to do um, over the last couple of years and really kind of, uh, you know, look, our, 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 our club um uh, has had a really, really good four years, of course, culminating last year with the World Series run. And hopefully we we get back here this year. But, you know, prior to this year, um, you know, I think part of the reason we developed that voice was, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of people. There weren't there weren't a whole lot of people in Cleveland that were, um, you know, jumping, jumping to defend us and um, defend our record and that sort of thing. So I think that was part of the reason behind it. You know, we wanted to, um, you know, uh, you know, fight back a little bit uh, against those against those perceptions and uh, in, in town. So um, that's kind of how we uh, a little bit of how we arrived at, at where we are. That's kind of it's kind of like the whole uh, Cleveland against the world kind of thing. Um, yeah. Do you think the more the Indians win and get better, is it going to kind of turn like opposite at some point? Are you going to kind of manage like the kind of tone of it at all? Or I mean, I really hope you don't because it's the greatest. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's a it's a good question because um, you know now you know I mentioned that you know there was some measure of um, you know, no one else is going to stick up for you. So you better stick up for yourself now. I mean, you know, um, I think rightfully so. I think others, you know, whether it be fans or media or, or whomever, um, are more willing to, um, you know, defend us. And again, there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot of meat there. So, um, I've, I've, I've kicked it around on whether we need to, you know, cause you're not now what you see, um, as you guys have probably seen on there. Now you see people just trolling us to try to get a reaction <laughs> out of us. And, yeah. um, so, trying to find a way to, um, uh, maintain our voice and, and still, uh, you know, not, not give those people the, the satisfaction of, uh, you know, getting a response from the big bad Indians. <laughs> I know one from firsthand experience, uh, you guys are really good at just like disarming people who are being overly snarky. Cause I remember <laughs> one time, I don't maybe remember what you tweeted, but I, I said something back. It was the mildest amount of like snark at you and all you all you were missing or somebody responded with is i'm sorry you feel that way and i was like oh oh no i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> like i imagine uh, if you're really trolling that's gonna at least do something like yeah somebody there, back. there's a great um there's a great book um called love your haters uh that is that is really actually kind of played a little bit of a role into how we operate and it's just you know people are People are, uh, you know, getting after you a little bit. Just kill them with kindness. So that's probably what was going through our head at that point. In, just in, in terms of finding a voice for the account, um, you know, you've talked about day-to-day -day different people are sometimes operating it. Um, is it just kind of, was it a process of trying different things out to see what felt right or what got the, the response that was most satisfying? Is there someone above you who gave any sort of directives or... Um, I mean, what was the process of, of finding the voice? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I've been asked I've been asked that question a lot. It's it's not something that we you know as a as a group um, you know sat down to uh, to discuss or anything like that. I think you know a couple years into my tenure uh, at the Indians, um, you know, I kind of took over the social uh, you know overseeing on a day to day basis, and it was just something that um, we wanted to do um, more of. You know, 
you know, our goal is to, to, to engage with our fans I and, mean, you know, uh, you know, some of the, some of the negative stuff and some of the, the fighting back that we do kind of gets most of the attention. But if you scroll through our account, you know, we, we want to, um, interact with our fans. We want to know what our fans are talking about. We want to make, uh, our fans feel, um, you know, part of the team, whether that's a simple like or response, you know, happy birthday, that sort of thing. So, you know, we, you know, it's kind of an extension of our organization as a whole, right? We, we survey our fans extensively. Um, you know, we, we, we talk to them at the ballpark, our fan service team talks to them and I think social has become an extension of that. So we, we want to use that as an, as an avenue to, um, make our fans feel, uh, part of the team again, like I said, um, and really just, um, reward them for being, um, you know, part of the conversation. So some, sometimes of course, you know, we extend that into, um, you know, kind of defending ourselves. But, uh, again, like I said, that, that stuff gets a lot of the attention, but if you, if you scroll through our account, we're, we're, we're on there 20 hours a day and, um, and, uh, you know, again, looking to, uh, engage with our fans, know what they're talking about and, and be in the conversation. And is it just, uh, like are you and your team, do you have to go through anybody if you want to tweet something or is it just kind of, if, if one of you guys want to do it, you're allowed to just do it. Well, you know, to our, um, to our organization's credit, you know, I've, they've given me and my, and my group, a lot of leeway and, um, you know, a lot of latitude as far as, uh, you know, trying things, trying things out, you know, developing that voice that we've developed, um, and, and seeing where it goes. So, you know, I always tell people that it's, that it's my job, given that latitude, um, it's my job to know, you know, where the line is. So if I'm getting close to the line, I, I run stuff up the ladder one rung and, um, you know, if that needs to go up further than, uh, than it does. But, you know, I, t- I tell people that, look, we're not, um, you know, we're not, this isn't a political campaign's Twitter account. We're not, you know, we're not tweeting about, uh, you know, immigration or the healthcare, healthcare reform, that sort of stuff. And, you know, so we try to have as much fun as possible. And, and if there is something that, um, you know, potentially could, uh, you know, bring some things to us that maybe is not quite as positive as we want them, I, I do run them up the ladder. But um, again, like I said, it's it's on me to know where the line is. You know, I, I, there's a couple examples, and I'm sure you guys have, have seen these. But um, you know, like the, the guy, there was a, a gentleman who actually is is really good at what he does. I, I, he's at some agency now or something like that. But the guy from the Rockets, if you remember, tweeted that thing about they were playing the Mavericks in the playoffs, and he tweeted the the horse and the gun emoji, and you know, sh- you know, it, the, the text was shit. It'll all be over soon. And, you know, he lost, he lost his job, over yeah. that, you know? And so, um, you know, unfortunately, cause they were good and I, I think he's landed on his feet. So, um, which is good, but, uh, you know, it's on me to know if something that we're going to do is, is, uh, across the line of good taste. And if so, I need to run up the ladder and we've, you know, we've killed stuff that, uh, we thought might've been too far, but, uh, we've also run with stuff that we thought, um, you know, was, was a little close to the line. So like I said, that's part of my job and, uh, kind of knowing where, knowing where the line is. Do you follow the other 29 teams accounts closely either to, you know, get ideas or see what they're up to or anything like that? Uh, we, you know, we follow the good, the, the good teams uh, on social, you know, not, not every team, um, not every organization has our, uh, you know, has the leeway that I'm, that I'm lucky to have and not everybody has those same goals and everything. So, you know, like there are teams that just are pretty, uh, you know, vanilla is probably the wrong word, but you know, just, um, you know, they, they, they're pretty straightforward with it. So like those teams, I don't really follow, but, um, you know, the, the teams that I know through my experience, my four, four and a half years or whatever now, um, that I know, um, you know, are good and, and engaging and that sort of stuff. We, we pay attention to them and, and seeing what they're doing to see if, 
you know, there are things that, that, uh, we can adapt, you know, I mean, as you might expect, uh, there's a lot of borrowing that goes on, you know, heck we, we've borrowed stuff from, from other teams and other teams have borrowed stuff from us. So we definitely keep our eyes out to the teams that we know that are, that kind of have the same goals as us and the same approach as us to see what they're doing. And, um, you know, the Rockies, we, we, be, we've, I've become close with the Rockies guy because we had the final vote in 14 with Kluber and Justin Morneau. And so, um, you know, they do a ton of great stuff and I know the Cubs guy real well, and there's a ton of teams that do a lot of great stuff, but, uh, you know, there's a group of, of, of them that, uh, you know, I follow more closely than others. That was a long answer to your question. <laughs> that was a good one. I was good sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I won't bring anybody teams or names or anything like that, but I know, like, when there's some tweets from other teams that are either just really boring or really weird, people in our SB Nation Slack always ask, can we have the Indians Twitter account or, <laughs> or the Cubs or just one of those? Can we just borrow I'm like, no, you, you can't. Yeah. One. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, I think um, – you know, I think it's fair that, you know, team just there, some teams have different uh, goals for social than we do, which is fine. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, there are teams like, I mean, let's be honest, like, uh, you know, there are teams that, that don't need to, um, engage with their fans as closely maybe as we do on social because they're, you know, they're, their fans are everywhere and in the ballpark all year, every year and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we, we look at social as another way to, uh, you know, uh, create affinity for our club and drive, you know, advocacy for the club. And, um, you know, there are, there are teams that, you know, that's not a goal or they don't, they don't, you know, they simply, they don't have to do that. So, yeah. So I want to mention, go ahead, Jason. Last year's intern working for the Phillies. Now, do you think Indians Twitter will become like Indians front office and will just become a farm system for Twitter accounts <laughs> around major league baseball? You know, it's, it's a good question, Jason. It's, it's funny because, you know, I sort of expressed my disdain a little earlier for the whole, not an intern thing and just an intern thing. Well, you know, our, you know, you, you guys know very well that our front office, you know, if you work for, if you work in the Indians baseball operations department, then you're thought of very highly, right? Our, our, yeah. our guys, our guys and girls go and get jobs elsewhere. Derek Falvey went from assistant GM to president of baseball ops with the twins, you know, and, um, you know, we've got people that are, uh, so hopefully that's an extent that extends to us because, um, like I said, we ask our interns to do a ton. My two, my two interns do have a ton on their plate. They just started actually, um, last Monday. They've already, they have a ton on their plate. Um, you know, we've, you know, you know, Courtney Schilling was an intern with us. She runs the cat, you know, she's part of the Cavs team. Now, um, we've had people go to big time ad agencies in town. Um, uh, we've, we had a guy go to major league baseball. We've, um, you know, we have a guy that, you know, works for us speed skating now. So hopefully that, um, you know, the whole, you know, the, the, the farm system from, from our baseball ops department, um, is, 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 you know, extended to us because we've placed people that are our interns, um, in great jobs. And, um, you know, I think that when people see that they're an intern for the Indians, um, you know, that they're thought of very highly. So, um, you know, I, you know, I talked to the Phillies guy and, um, I told him like, look, Missy is, uh, you know, she ran our accounts and, um, and that was, you know, he, he you know, he's like, well, that's cause you know, people look at our stuff and, you know, uh, you know, for better or worse, and I'm not trying to brag or anything, but you know, <laughs> people, people like, people like our stuff. And I think that is a testament that, that we do a pretty good job. And, um, I think the fact that she got hired and, uh, you know, we've placed interns elsewhere, uh, in, in good jobs is, is a, is a testament to that. So, you know, that's part of, you know, when we, when we post internships, we get 250 applications and, sure. um, you know, that's, and that's just for communications. I can't imagine what the baseball operations people get, you know? So, um, people want to work for the Indians and that's, uh, I think that's a good reflection on our, on our organization. 
have those applications increased like as you guys got more uh, got more popular with your tweets and everything or has it always been like a ton every year uh maybe a little but it's it's been pretty steady as far yeah. as the volume so i want to talk about a couple of my personal favorites i don't know if anybody else like keeps track of them or anything but the first one was this year um it was josh tomlin before he lost the game I don't know if you thought of this or you saw it somewhere, but it was just like um, you did folders going down as if you're opening them on a computer where it was like 26 or Indians pitchers, 2016's Josh Tomlin lost his folder is empty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that one was great. Did you just think of that on your own or did somebody else think of it or? No, you that was that a, one? I don't know where we saw that, but that was borrowed. You know, I told <laughs> you it? that we got a lot of, uh, we got a lot of credit for that one, but that was borrowed. So uh, I, I don't remember who we borrowed it for. I wish, <laughs> I wish I do. I wish I did because I would give them credit for it. But, um, but as you, you know, like I said, as you might expect, there's a, there's a lot of that that goes on. And, oh, yeah. uh, we, we thought that was, and we, you know, as you saw, we, we, um, we use that a couple different times throughout the year and people loved it. So, um, you know, why not keep using it? So the other one, uh, you've done it before with Kobe, but uh, this one, I particularly liked it because you tweeted out a picture of uh, when, when, when Tim Tebow announced that he was going to start playing baseball, it was just a picture of an Indian's uniform. And then the next tweet immediately was, oops, that wasn't supposed to get out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. Did you expect that to get as big as it did? And yeah, yeah, I did. And, and, uh, you know, that was, again, I, I sit here and I get to, I do these interviews and I get to take all the credit, but that was, you know, we're sitting around in our desk one day and all of a sudden. Adam Schefter, who has, you know, God, he has 6 million followers on Twitter or something, says, oh, Tim Tebow. Of course, our followers are like, oh, Indians, you got to go get him. You got to go get him. It's like, this is so stupid. Uh, and so we're sitting around and we're like, oh, this is funny. You know, like I, I talked about, we, I want to know what our fans are talking about. I want to be part of the conversation. And and if it fits, let's 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 participate. So, you know, we're sitting around and, you know, we, we you know, kicked around some ideas and, and um and so we arrived at, well, why don't we put an Indian's uniform <laughs> on him and then follow it up with, oh, no, you know, because we were, you know, presumably getting ready to sign him, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was actually one that I did run up the ladder a little bit just because, you know, I, who knows? Is that like tampering? You know, I don't yeah. know. Um, so we ran that up the ladder uh, a little bit. But, um, uh, but you know, everybody was cool with it. And um, uh, I think we... I just did a little countdown of our most engaged tweets of the year. I think that was like our second or third most engaged tweet. Yeah, you know, we went to the World Series this year. <laughs> yeah, but and that was Tebow like the third, <laughs> the third most uh, uh, engaged tweet of the year. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I I have these conversations with people, and I like start blushing because I, you know, I was pretty I was pretty proud of that one. So, <laughs> yeah, it was even in that tweet itself. Uh, somebody mentioned that the Photoshop was horrible. They were joking, but they said, "This is horrible Photoshop. There's yellow all over the thing from his." Oh no, that was the Kobe one. That was Kobe. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we photoshopped him over his Lakers jersey. Yeah, I don't know anything about Photoshop, so I, I didn't. And I thought it was great. I I thought it worked better <laughs> because you know you could tell we slapped it together real fast, and yeah, um, you know we played it. We played off it just saying he had uh, mustard stains and that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's baseball. It's hot dogs. It's mustard. sure. So the last one's kind of the opposite. Um, with Rajai Davis when he hit that home run, how are you not just like slapping the keyboard and hitting tweet? That's basically what I did. Um, are you? Did you have to kind of keep yourself level when you're tweeting those kind of things, or were you? I know you probably can't cheer where you are, but were you internally cheering and just typing very calmly that Rajai Davis tied the game? That was. I mean, that was wild. I mean, I don't know if you guys were, uh, you know, at the ballpark that day, but I mean, I, I that was. It was just an incredible moment, and um, you know, I think. Well, I, I vividly remember this because I uh, uh, we we discussed it afterward, but I very uh, strongly grabbed. Uh, my other intern's arm um, <laughs> to keep myself from cheering and or screaming and all that. But uh, the next few minutes were sort of a blur. I couldn't even tell you what we did 
um, after that. I think we used like a stock GIF um, that we had from previous, uh, from earlier in the season of Rajay and, and followed it up with, you know, our photographer, like I mentioned, we, we've got a great team. Our photographer sends us live photos from the photo pit. So immediately after that, you know, it, it, they come in like a minute. So immediately after the, uh, the original tweet, we, um, I think we sent some photos of, of the dugout reaction and Rajay going around the bases. And if you remember that, the, I mean, the ballpark was just, yeah. you know, it was shaking. So, uh, uh, somehow I kept it together long enough to uh, get those few things out. But that was, as you know, that was a very wild, wild, uh, sequence. Yeah. Even seeing him like choke up on the bat as much as he did the whole, everything about that was just great. Um, yeah. So did Ed, nobody cheered like they weren't supposed to in the, in the uh, box or did a few people? Honestly, <laughs> they're not supposed to. Honestly, like I said, it was such a blur. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> Where are then, you during the game? Are you in the press box or are you in like an office? No, I was in the press box. And uh, and then after that, so um, MLB is pretty tight, especially during the World Series with like field access. So, you know, we were down and it wasn't looking good for us. And I'm, you know, I'm resigning myself to, you know, okay. Um, this, this stinks. And well, all of a sudden when the game's tied, you get a text from MLB's, um, uh, social people and say, Hey, if you want on the field, if you guys are going to, if you guys win and you want on the field, you have to get down to the tunnel right now. <laughs> so I get those couple of tweets out and I quickly gather, you know, I had like a, I don't know if you know what an Osmo is, but it's like a, um, uh, it's like a thing that you hold your phone with to keep your hand steady. Mm-hmm. So I had to gather that I had to get my portable charger. I had to get, so, so I'm sprinting down to the tunnel and, um, so that, like I said, it was, it was all a blur. And then of course the rain delay hits and, um, you know, that was, it was just a crazy, you know, it was just crazy. However long it was, I couldn't even 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Right before that. I mean, I wasn't at the ballpark. I was at home, but my wife was watching me before that she went up, she said, okay, I'm done. And then like, she came down right before that home run. And then she decided to stay down for the rest of the game. Unfortunately, she stayed down for the rest of the game, but she got to watch <laughs> that at least. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking a lot of people might've just given up and then the home run brought them back to excitement for a little bit. So, yep. Even with the loss, that was a good way to end it. I think. Yeah, it was. That was a crazy. Uh, it was crazy. You know, we. It was. It was just so fun. I'm glad that uh, you know the organization from from Paul to you know the the ballpark cleaning crew. You know, got to experience that because you know we. I mean, you probably saw we we clinched in Detroit, and I'm on the field. You know, we we had a plan, and um, you know, you talk about postseason planning. You don't want to jinx it, but you of course you're you're planning for postseason, and so we had a plan, and you know, uh, my crew back home was helping me, but. You know, we we were on the field. You know, if you remember, we had um, we had a periscope of of the uh, periscope uh, live video of the on field celebration in Detroit. We switched to Facebook Live for the uh, for the clubhouse in Detroit. Um, you know, we went to Boston and uh, you know did the same thing and you know took a picture of the scoreboard on the monster. You know, and, and really got after that Boston writer who was after us. And um, <laughs> you know, it was just a it was it was awesome to to see. Um, just, you know, to, to kind of validate all the planning you do, cause there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And, um, you know, from, you know, I'm just talking about us, but you know, from everybody in the organization, it was just cool to, you know, 13 was, if you guys remember 13 was, was fun, but it ended so abruptly, you know, we, we, we prepped the ballpark and we turned the kids clubhouse into an auxiliary press box and, you know, we hosted one game. So it was weird, you know, it was yeah. kind of bittersweet. And then to be able to go through all that and, um, and, you know, kind of have all your planning work out and get to see that and get to see all the fans. And it was just cool. It was just cool to, to go through all that. And I'm glad, uh, you know, our fans and the organization got to experience all that. Yeah. So um, for our final question, it's a very important one uh, to his Let's Go Tribe. Do you have any idea why Jose Ramirez first blocked us and then unblocked us and randomly sent us a thumbs up? 
<laughs> so I uh, I probably do know, and I don't know if I should should say this, but Jose is very, um, uh, you know, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, you could probably tell that. And <laughs> a little our, bit. Yeah. I asked our um, I asked our translator to ask him. I said, hey, because there was some other folks who had the same thing happen, and you know they were blocked. And I said, hey, you know these people are generally very supportive, and I don't think they've they've ever um, you know tweeted anything bad or anything, Jose. I think that. I think what what happened was is that anybody who you know this year came out and said, "Oh, J Ram's my favorite player. I love J Ram." Mm-hmm. He, this is going <laughs> to sound funny, but this is this is how this guy's wired. I mean, he, and it's probably why he's he's so good that you know he. I don't know what he, what did he sign for the Dominican Republic like ten thousand dollars, you know? And so, oh, yeah, it's really and you know he's you know he came up and. I think was it thirteen late in thirteen he played okay and then fourteen he struggled or maybe it was the whatever you know you know you know his story arc I mean he, he came up he played okay late that one year the next year he struggled went back to the minors after Lindor came up and blah 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 and of course last year had a breakout year so um, his attitude I think is that if you weren't with me during my struggles then you know I don't want to hear I don't want to hear this <laughs> now from you so um, it's a little. It's a little backwards, but um, <laughs> no, I get I'll, it. That's great. I'll I'll give him credit for using, um, you know, whatever perceived slight, even if the slight <laughs> is not is not real, um, to to motivate him. So um, I would not take it personally. Um, <laughs> but so. what you're saying is we could take credit for his great year because obviously, I mean, we were the main motivator. Yes. <laughs> so we should just think, do it again, right? I think that uh, yeah, I think you could take credit. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see why not. <laughs> of course, there's no reason not. No, that like thumbs up. That like made my. Like a week for a while. That was awesome when he did that. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, well, Jose is, um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, it's funny. He doesn't speak a whole lot of English, but you, you know, you still can communicate with the guy. He's, mm-hmm. he's hilarious. And you can just tell that, um, that he's funny as, as heck. And, uh, as you know, he's a huge part of our team and I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what he does this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can, you know, I don't, I don't know if he can duplicate what he did cause he had such a great year, but, uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he does. Absolutely, me too. It was it was a lot of fun. The whole helmet thing, everything about Jose was a lot of fun. Yep, yep. So this is the time where I usually say, uh, go ahead and tell us where they can find you. But if, if you want to humor us and tell us, wh- where can people find you, Joel, on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are at Indians on Twitter. And we are, uh, yes, we are on Snapchat. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. So, um, you know, one, uh, you know, what we try to do is much, you know, one of our goals, you know, we've got, you know, I mentioned one of our goals is to stay engaged with our fans. It's to, um, you know, create ad- advocates for our team. You know, another another huge goal of ours is to um, connect our fans with our players, and hopefully, you guys and and your and your listeners and and your and your uh, readers have, have have seen us really try to uh, uh, you know connect our our players with our fans. And so, if you follow us on all those platforms, we'll have you know exclusive content with our players all year long. Tribefest is coming up, so we've got a stuff bunch of stuff planned for Tribefest and. You know, we do Facebook Live interviews with our guys. We do Snapchat takeovers. We do uh, Reddit AMAs if you're on Reddit. Um, so uh, definitely add us on all those, and, and you'll hear from our players through those uh, media all season long. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joel. Um, we're going to take a quick break uh, after this. We're going to talk some exciting arbitration stuff. We're going to let Joel go for now. Uh, stick around, everybody. Okay, and we are back. Uh, thanks again, Joel Hammond, for joining us. Uh, of course, you can find me at Indians. You already know that. You better know that. Um, yeah, that was great, Jason. 
Don't you think yeah, so? Lots of good stuff, as I would have expected from someone who's in charge of one of the best accounts on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and he was, I like how he was humble about it and everything. He, I like that he did completely shy away from the fact that some of them were really good and some of them were him. I think that's cool. He's just a great guy all around, I think. And it's fun that they interact with the fans so much. As I mentioned briefly, um, not, not, not all accounts do that. Some of them are pretty stale. He, put, he said vanilla, which is kind of the same thing, but I think stale's a step further and is basically what they are. <laughs> so I think we're lucky. So anyway, let's get on to real exciting stuff, Jason. The very exciting baseball act of arbitration. Uh, the deadline to actually sign a player or avoid arbitration. Well, the, anyway, the deadline to submit figures was last Friday. The Indians avoided it completely with seven of eight players. They did exchange figures with Brandon Geyer, so they can still avoid court with him if they get something worked out before... I want to say January 30th, I think, is the deadline. I think all the way up to the hearing, and the hearings are in February, but they haven't released the specific calendar for them yet. Yeah, right. But yeah, the Indians, they avoided uh, with everybody. I won't go over all the numbers, but just quickly, if anybody follows MLB trade rumors. So the Indians were under on almost everybody they signed uh, based on MLB TR's estimates, which, by the way, were very close. Um, glancing over it, none of them were more than half a million away, I don't think, compared to what the Indians signed. The only ones the Indians went over on were Brian Shaw, they went over by what a tenth of a million be a hundred thousand. Uh, they yeah. went over Chisholm Hall by two hundred thousand, and barely over McAllister by like a little over a hundred thousand. So, I mean, as far as getting the deals that it looked like they were going to get, I think they did pretty good. Uh, I'm glad they avoided arbitration with so many players. They had, they haven't done it very much in the past. A few years ago, they had to do it with Josh Tomlin and a couple others, and then before that, it was like twenty years before they went to court. So, I hope they avoid going to court with Brandon Geyer. But it is important to note they're not going to lose Geyer. Either they'll just pay him what he wants or they'll pay him less. It, the court can be kind of ugly, but there's no risk of like losing the player over it or anything. Yeah, I mean, there's always some concern that a hearing will... I mean, because when you go into a hearing, you're trying to make the case that he's worth less money than he thinks. And so you sort of have to go in and make the case that he's not as good as he thinks he is. So there's a, there's a theory that that turns players off and it's bad for your relationship with the player. Uh, I'm sure in some cases that's true. Ultimately, you know, Brandon Geyer has worked out really, really well. I sort of think they'll still settle ahead of time. But if they don't, it's not like offending Francisco Lindor or something like that. So I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. (laughs) You know, you mentioned the MLB trade rumors uh, predictions for things being, you know, all very, very close. And that's the thing. At this point, they do a good job with that. And there's a large enough sort of track record and, and, and pool of previous similar players um, we can get a pretty good idea of what everyone's, assuming it's a one-year deal, what they're going to do ahead of time. So we've been able to kind of predict what the Indians' overall payroll would be, and you know, and, and that's how it's locked in right now. You know, Cody Allen was uh, the most expensive of those players at seven point three five million, uh, but no big surprises. Are you a little surprised that they went over on McAllister that they didn't get him a little cheaper? No, I mean I don't hate him like everybody else does, but. Under like under over is still just comparison. You know, it's right. just MLB trade rumors. You know, best guess. It's not like there's some like official figure that they. It's not like going over slot on a draft pick or something like that. So no, I'm not surprised. None of the figures seemed especially surprising to me at all. I don't know. Have you seen Brandon Geyer's figures at all? I saw a lot of them were posted by John Heyman on Twitter. Uh, I didn't see. I say, his I, mean, I want to say it was like. 1.9 and 2.3 so the indians offered 1.9 and he asked for 2.3 so they might settle somewhere around 2.1 uh and that's i mean that's kind of the silly thing about going to a hearing it's like are you really going to go to a hearing over two hundred thousand dollars, which for a major league baseball team is almost literally a rounding error 
<laughs> yeah, and like you said, it can get ugly because you're arguing against them earning what they want to earn, and then I, I'm sure he understands. It's just a, it's not going to like hurt his feelings, but it can probably get kind of weird in there. Yeah, I tend to think they'll work something out ahead of time. I'd be interested to know, you know, what the holdup so far has been. Um, I would guess they settle somewhere in the middle before a hearing. Yeah, for sure. So anything else on the exciting world of um, arbitration before we move on to social media questions? Matt, you're really in danger of overselling the segment <laughs> of our show on arbitration here. You can pretend that's before you did that. No, I do like arbitration. It's just like a – I like the arbitration, actually. I like the whole baseball offseason. Like, so much of it is more interesting than basketball and football. It's just the idea of talking about salary arbitration court in sports is just kind of funny and silly to me. But, but no, in general, I like the little – like details of the financials of baseball. It's one of the things I like about it. The only thing I was keeping an eye on was Bauer and Salazar as compared to one another, uh, because they're both in like the exact same place, basically. And Bauer uh, got like Bauer $150, got $150,000. I feel like most Indians fans, if they had to pick one or the other to keep, uh, would keep Salazar. So it's interesting to me that Bauer got a little more money. Do you think that's the arm at all? Like the constant injuries at the end there? Or do they not really yeah, count? Maybe. I mean, you know, yeah, Bauer, certainly his, his health track record is a lot stronger, uh, you know, which means his, his, you know, his numbers this, this past season, um, you know, are coming off of a fully healthy season. And that probably is the explanation. It's just like I said, I think most Indians fans, if they pick one or the other, would pick Salazar. Yeah, I think I probably would, too. I mean, unless, like, how long the leash is it going to have before people would rather pick Bauer in the regular season? Like, if we get the the second half Salazar for a good month and a half, I'm going to be pretty worried at that point, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've said before, I feel like Salazar's future is in the bullpen just because of his injury stuff. Um, but, you know, I think it makes sense to obviously try him as a starter again. He, I mean, his, his injury and struggles weren't prolonged enough to think, you sh- you know, you'd give up on him. But if I were betting... Three years, you know, two, three years from now, I don't think Salazar is a starting pitcher at that point. Ooh, that's a, that's, I was going to say bold. I don't know if that's bold, but that's a prediction. You're kind of like reaching out on the limb and like <laughs> sort of going on in it. I like that though. It's like not crazy. If we were doing crazy preseason predictions, that wouldn't be crazy, but that would be one. I think that's interesting. Um, but yeah, they definitely have plenty to replace them in the, the rotation eventually. Cause we've said so many times before, they don't have very many ones and twos, but they have plenty of like three through fives coming up through the system, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, when we, uh, you know, when we talked about prospects, was that last week or two weeks ago? I don't know. I think there's a couple exciting arms on the farm. I just don't think any of them are arriving for a couple of years. So hopefully Salazar can keep it together well enough to be a starter for 2017 and 2018. And by 2019, maybe someone exciting is ready to to move up. Like someone who rhymes with Tristan Meshwenzi? <laughs> something like that <laughs> he's the one i'm most looking forward to i mean if beautiful he makes it, poetry it was that's you don't know who i'm talking about i don't want to say it directly but if you dig around a little bit follow the clues you'll figure it out <laughs> it's cody anderson I know. Yeah, it is it is i love cody anderson um i thought his rookie year was the best and he was the best pitcher ever. no i don't mind him. okay so let, let's move on to those social media questions uh so every i always forget the day because we changed it but every monday I was asking Facebook and Twitter, whoever wants to send us a question, we'll answer it on the show. We usually get to quite a few of them. This today, uh, we had Joel's interview, but we still have quite a bit of time for his questions, so we'll answer a few. Um, this first one, it actually kind of absorbs a topic we were going to talk about before. Um, this guy's Twitter handle is I hate Chisenhall. He has a total of three tweets, so I don't know what he's doing out there, but that's that guy. Um, he wanted to know, 
Uh, is Michael Sanders for the last outfield spot. He can play all three spots and can be insurance for Brantley and help reduce, help replace Rajai. Obviously, that was asked before Michael Saunders signed a one-year deal with the Phillies for $9 million. Um, but I wanted to look at it just before that to see, kind of comparing Saunders and Batista. They were really similar last season. Uh, Saunders slashed 253, 338, 478 with 24 home runs. Batista was right around that mark. He just walked a little more, and he had 22 home runs. Um, Batista came out with a slightly better WRC+, plus, but they were really similar. The only difference is, I think, that Bautista's came as part of a decline, and Saunders came as like a really good season, almost out of nowhere. Um, so I don't know. I think they kind of were interchangeable. They signed a deal. Saunders is obviously cheaper a little bit. But I think the Indians were just chasing Batista to get that super deal if they could get him really cheap. But obviously they can't because the Jays are going to sign him for about what he wanted, I think. Um, well, I mean, well, not what he wanted in, at the beginning, but what he wanted, which is more than the uh, the qualifying offer. Yeah, I mean, what I've seen, it's not going to be significantly more than that. I think it's going. I mean, I think it'll be a little bit more. And uh, what I've seen is probably some sort of mutual option yep. for 2018 too. But I mean, Bautista not long ago was talking about how he was going to get a hundred million dollar deal. Uh, so settling for like a one year. 19 or 20 million dollar a year with an option uh it has to be a pretty big disappointment for him especially because at his age it's not likely he's you know i mean in theory like oh you take a one-year contract you hit free agency again but i think his chance of getting even a 50 million dollar contract uh, that ship has sailed on him now <laughs> yeah i would say um would you are you on the side of indians fans who didn't want him just because of I'm not going to say locker room presence is kind of dumb, but just his whole attitude about everything. Or or did you want him at all, or did you not want him because he seemed like he was on a decline? Like, where were you with Jose Batista when they were rumored to be going after him for a little while? Um, the personality, locker room, whatever you want to call it stuff, is like a non-thing to me. Um, I mean, I guess I could have asked Edwin Encarnacion, like, hey, you know, what can you tell us about him? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, just from based on what's, in the media or on Twitter or from other fan bases, that stuff didn't bother me at all, but he didn't really interest me. Um, not for, you know, what I thought he was going to take. Um, you know, if he had said, Hey, I want to come play for you for, you know, one year, 19 million or whatever the blue Jays are signing for him. The Indians don't have that kind of money anyway. And even if they maybe did, I don't think he would have been the best use of it. Um, I think, He's at an age where health is more likely than not going to continue to be an issue for him the way it was in 2016. Um, his bat fell off a lot, and he doesn't really provide much value outside of his bat. Um, I mean, he was maybe, I don't even think, I mean, he wasn't even an average player this year. He was an above average hitter, um, but below average everything else. So, no, he doesn't. He wouldn't have, he would have felt like a small upgrade to me in the outfield. I mean, a legitimate, but not a big one and not one that would be worth, uh, you know, an eight figure contract. For sure. Um, Colin Blyler in the comments, he said it'd be huge if we had got Justin Turner. Sure. I kind of wanted him. I'm, I'm way happier with Edwin Encarnacion. I think <laughs> getting a first base with that kind of bat is better than Justin Turner, I would say. But I would have taken Turner over Batista, but not over Encarnacion. Oh, yeah. I mean, Turner over Bautista, absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, compared to Encarnacion, I feel like in terms of like overall as a player in a vacuum, uh, you know, you can make a decent case for either one of them at this point. Um, but I think in terms of fitting the Indians' needs, Encarnacion's a better fit. Yep. And his bat's probably good enough to make up for if, if Brantley isn't quite there compared to Turner's, I think. Um, 
to the next one from Rob or Paul Robert Belzer on Facebook. He wants to know any news on the current condition of Steve Delabar. Is he healthy and or a real option for our bullpen? So the first part of that question, we couldn't really figure out. <laughs> we couldn't find an injury. We don't know if Paul is talking about his injury six years ago uh, when he injured his elbow and he thought his career was over and he became a substitute teacher and came back and all that stuff. So we don't know if it's that, but I don't know of any current injury. But Jason, do you think he's an option for this year in the bullpen at all or just kind of one of those those signings we'll forget about in a year? I think he's the guy you sign. Um, I mean, he's... Quite a ways removed from having been, uh, you know, kind of a, a worthwhile piece. Uh, last year, he he hardly pitched in Major League Baseball at all, and he signed with the team in Japan and, and went over and pitched like a couple games over there. Uh, the last time he was anything but bad in the major leagues was 2013, which is a long time ago at this point. And even then, I mean, the substitute teacher to major leagues is like a neat story. Um, even at his peak, he was like, you know, like your sixth guy in the bullpen or something like that. He managed to make an all-star team for Toronto in 2013, um, which he must have had one heck of a first half. I don't see, I mean, I I see him as like, I don't know, maybe like 12th in line for the bullpen or something like that. So to me, if he's pitching for the Indians at some point this season, uh a lot of multiple things have gone bad. Was there any last year that were his equivalent? I mean, they signed a bunch, but like Tommy Hunter, I guess, but he actually stayed on the team. I, I was trying to think when I first asked the question if I can think of like a, a comparison to last season, but I already forgot those guys. He's going to be one of those guys who next year won't even remember the Indians signed him, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's going to be one of those guys six months from now I don't think <laughs> remember the Indians signed him because he's not going to be pitching for the Indians. So Vinny Watkins on Facebook, he asks, do we resign Nap or re-sign Napoli? No. Why? Why are you doing this? Why? <laughs> is, 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 that was a joke. It was a really good one, Vinny. But no, the Indians are not going to re-sign Mike Napoli. There's there's no reason he's not. If I don't know if he was the heart and soul of the team to everybody. But even if he was, they're not going to sign him to be a bench heart and soul of the team. They have their first baseman. They have their DH. They have a ton of clubhouse leaders. They are not re-signing Mike Napoli. And yeah, he, and, do you want to yeah. take the devil's advocate for this one, Jason, and try to? No, I, I, I think you know it's the answer is no. We continue to be happy for the time we had together and and wish him well wherever he goes in life from here. But uh, it's not going to be with the Indians. <laughs> yeah, I do always try to bring that up. I mean, I don't, I ne- I did not want the Indians to sign him this year, but I am very happy for him if he gets paid like a ton of money somewhere else. Let Texas just pour money on him. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm still a fan of him as a person, just I didn't want the Indians to pay him in his year 37, or age 37 year, I think. But there's going to be a decline there. I don't want the Indians paying for it. So I hope somebody does. Even if there's like not, him. there's nowhere right, to put there's it. there's no room for him now. But even before they signed in Canarcion, I wanted like a lot of other first basemen first. Yeah. So Mitch White, uh, we'll finish with this one here on Facebook. He wants to know, why not sign Rajai rather than pay Lonnie $4.3 million this year? I think Rajai brings more to the table, considering all of his stolen bases last year. Uh, Jason, what do you think? So why do they... Why did they go to arbitration with Chisholm yeah, instead of just give money to Rajai? Uh, Davis signed with Oakland for six million, a uh, one-year deal. So uh, you know, one point seven million, which isn't in terms of the difference between their 2017 contracts, isn't nothing, but isn't a significant amount either. I have to think if the Indians had preferred Davis, they could have found the extra money. Um, Lonnie's a lot younger, and uh, you know, I, I think. Rajai did well last year in terms of the stolen bases. I also think the stolen bases are one of those things like it's easy to lock onto that and overlook a lot of other things uh, like his 306 on base percentage. 
his defense, which <laughs> advanced metrics were sort of mixed on, but the consensus would be, you know, not what it used to be. Uh, Lonnie's a better hitter. Uh, I think Lonnie's a better offensive player, even factoring in the base running. Um, Lonnie's defensive metrics also mix. So, I mean, a lot of it is, I mean, I guess you can convince yourself Davis was a lot better than him last year, depending on which metrics you favor. Um, but offensively, Lonnie's better. He's eight years younger, so he's more likely to maintain or maybe even get a little better. Um, he's a little cheaper. And because he's in arbitration, signing him is like signing a player to a one-year deal with a team option for the year after that. So I think the arguments for Davis aren't bad. Um, but I think if I had to pick one or the other at their contract, I would have gone with Chisholm So I can't really fault the Indians for doing the same thing. Um, I think, you know, we'll see Brandon Geyer, uh, you know, platooning with him um, and, you know, potentially platooning with some other guys too. Uh, you know, Geyer is going to play every, every time they're facing a lefty. Um, yeah. Davis sort of like Napoli, like, I, you know, happy memories, but, not really worth, I don't think, spending a lot of time and energy wishing they'd stay together. Yeah, I think the team control is the biggest one. I was trying to look it up while you're talking that I think he has one more year of Chisholm or of um, arbitration. Lonnie does. Yeah, Chisholm Hall is. Yeah, he's exact. They'll yeah. they'll go to arbitration again next off season if nothing changes between now and then, and then he'd be a free agent after 2018. So if Chisholm Hall and Davis uh, were both free agents, I know Chisholm would obviously get more than 4.3, but if you had the option of signing Chisinau for one year for 4.3 or Davis for what he got, would you still choose Chisinau without that second year or would you go yeah. Davis at that point? I, yeah. I would, I would, I mean, if, if I were offered them for the same exact contract, let's say they were both available for 6 million, I think I would have signed Chisinau. Um, it'd be close, but give me the extra 1.7 million, give me the extra year of team control. And you know, it, it's not like a, I don't. I don't think it was a bad question. I, I wouldn't say someone who would prefer Davis is, you know, way off base or anything like that. But I'd side with Lonnie. Yeah, me too. I, I like you said. I really like. Like you also have really good memories with Davis. I do too. I mean, like comparing him to Napoli, his is his memories are so much. But maybe it's just clouded because of that home run in Game Seven. <laughs> but it feels like I have so many more good memories of Bryce like Davis. It order feels weird that we're going to see him in another jersey, even though he's always been here for a year, but. But yeah, I would I would side with Lonnie too. Uh, I still like his defense in left field. That cannon arm still comes through once in a while. And you did point out that Davis's defense has kind of overlooked how bad it was at times. He had that whole sun game, which is just a one game thing, but that that still happened. That was really bad, and he was just kind of average the rest of the year. So I do think the Indians will miss the stolen bases, not to the point where it would be worth signing him over Chisholm Hall though. And can we talk about how Carlos Santana is obviously a much better player, but Chisholm Hall has like become the new hate this guy even though he's perfectly fine kind of player. There are so many people that just hate Chisenhall for... Did, did I miss something here? Is it because he's a failed third baseman and they're still stuck on that? Or, I mean, one guy who asked us a question, his name is at I hate Chisenhall. I mean, there's a lot of blind hate for the guy, and I don't really see why. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't share in their feelings. I think there's two things worth mentioning. One, he was a high draft pick and a really highly rated prospect. And so to some extent, I think there's an air of disappointment connected to him because, uh, you know, he was a first round pick and, you know, going into, gosh, probably like 2010, 2011, 
Um, he was like one of the top 40 or 50 prospects in baseball. Um, and like the truth is the career he's had so far is probably, you know, an above the median for a top 40 prospect. Um, but I, I think people expect more at that point. And then the other thing is you compared him to Carlos Santana as like someone who gets hated and is, is perfectly capable, which that sells Santana short because Santana has <laughs> been a much better player than Chisholm. So I said he, that too. I pointed that out. I'm just saying on a smaller scale. I, I just think like, to me, hating Chisholm is more like he's, he's not a significant, I mean, he's an important part of the team, but he's just not like significant enough to get that worked up about is why it's bizarre to me. Um, to the extent that people do, I think it's, an average hitter and who knows what to make of his defense and two different positions and stuff. I think it just feels like less than people were hoping for five years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, it. it's just the expectations versus reality. It's going to happen with more prospects. It's probably going to happen with Bradley Zimmer. I think, because I, th- I think people are starting, uh, there's no reason to just suddenly be da- so down on him just because of the strikeouts. But when he comes up, he's not going to be like a superstar and people are going to think he was. And then, there's going to be so many people like saying, I knew it was going to be bad because he struck out a lot and it's going to be unbearable for a little while. Hopefully he just bucks all that. And he's awesome. I don't know, but, but yeah, that's our questions. That, that's pretty much our show. So, so what are you doing this week, Jason? One step closer to baby dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> one step closer to baby dumb or one week closer to baby dumb, I guess. I don't know how many steps I'm taking in a week towards that. For now, your steps are really big. And then when the baby comes, it's all like small, tired, drooping steps. <laughs> Although I will say with that, everybody always said how long, like, everybody was made a huge deal about not getting sleep. But, I mean, even if the kid doesn't sleep for, like, six months, it's still, like, six months, then you get to sleep. I always thought that was over-exaggerated. <laughs> I don't know if you'll find the same thing, but maybe mine are just good sleepers. But it didn't seem like the period of not being able to sleep lasted enough for all the hype it got. Yeah, my my perspective on pretty much everything relating to what it being a new parent is like is everyone's stories are completely related to what their own babies were like. And right. you don't know what your own baby is going to be like. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So anything exciting other than that this one, next week? Nope. Just a week. Yeah. One week closer to pitchers and catchers and one week closer to January being over. It's crazy how close February is now. I'm really ready for baseball. <laughs> we just got our, our prospect counted on the site and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, there's occasional things that happen, but this is the really boring period. It's where we can do weird stuff, which is fun because Matt and Tyler are doing like the Twitch streams and the Facebook live stuff. So it opens up a lot of time for interesting things, which we won't be able to really do during the regular season, which is neat. But other than that, I am ready for February. Um, Yeah, that's it for the show. So thanks again for Joel for joining us. That was a great interview. That was a lot of fun. I love getting people like that who are they're like part of the Indians, but not the ones that are high enough where they have to. I don't know how I want to describe like they can't they can do more than just like canned interview responses. It was a really good interview. It's really Really knows what he's talking about. It's really great. A lot of perspectives. So thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week.